Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your unofficial guide for what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jerry J. Hawk Hawkins, along with the man who taught Donald Trump how to drink a glass of water, Charlie Butter. I, I actually drink my water with, with two hands, so, you know, I, I don't know why he's doing this to me and drinking with one hand now, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 we're 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 praying people for having the motor skills of a kick-year-old now. That that's where we've come to. Oh my! And that kind of political we are going to get on the show. Right, what's going on, Charlie? How you doing? It's been uh it's been a week. I had a nice weekend. Uh, Toy Hio was uh, yesterday, and got to see lots of friends and wrestlers and people that I haven't seen in a few months. And it was it was a nice escape for a little while. Yeah, I, I'm very upset that I was not able to arrange enough time off work to at least stop and see everybody and get some smoking jay and barbecue, friend of the show. Which was amazing. They upped yeah. their game. They got new sauces. I didn't try the new sauces, but uh, I stuck with my spicy and delicious. Oh, my God. So good. I've missed it. Come think, I think I'm pretty sure my brother went there. You have to I have to ask him if he tried it and what he thought. That'd be his first time trying it. So. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know your brother was there. If I'd have saw him, I'd uh, I would have stopped him and said, "What's up?" Yeah. I know he was planning on going. I don't know if he actually got made it there or not. I'll have to check with him. But uh, okay. Well, next toy how in February, and I'll have to request the time off like way in advance. Make sure I get to that next one. But yes, please do. Uh, well, I guess uh, let's jump into what's on IWTV this week. So Tuesday, June 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern, Freedoms presents This Is Our Era 2019, followed by AIW's Sekimoto Takes Cleveland, which had a hell of a, a match with uh, Sekimoto and KTB. Just uh, two big meaty men slapping meat. I've heard very good things about that. I will have to check that out. Pure J presents Pure J Climax Thursday, June 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And this coming Saturday, ICW No Holds Barred presents Deathmatch Drive-In. That's Saturday, June 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then I'll be live on IWTV. Now, finally getting some live wrestling back, which, you know, Ohio can follow suit any time. But... Well, uh, I think GCW yesterday did a, a pretty good job of showing what uh, an outdoor wrestling show could do um, with, you know... Uh, how they handled everything. Uh, from what I've been told, it was done really well, except for everybody ignoring social distancing when Nick Gage came out and rushing Nick Gage and moshing with him. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was uh, it was a great return to wrestling for GCW. Uh, lots of really cool uh, moves. And, of course, you know, uh, some of our favorites, Trey Lamar and Lee Moriarty, of course, stole the show, so... I I I call the gif of them fucking rolling, rolling both the rolling and Moriarty getting the fucking cradle on. I'm like, how was that not the finish? That was fucking great. Right, that was that was real solid, man. Lee's upped his game in the couple months he's been away. So, 
always improving Lee Moriarty. I, I'm I'm excited to see what that guy does next. Yeah. I I call Gabriel Cook at Calvin Tankman. He killed it. Uh I'm I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but is there a dude that fucking did a springboard into a, like a inverted DDT on 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 the outside? I'm trying to remember who the fuck it was now, but that was fucking sweet. Yeah, I think that was Alex Zane. Don't I don't think so. I think it was somebody else. It's somebody I've seen before too. Why picked me off? I'm dry, that I'm dry, yeah, um, yeah, dude, I'm, name, I'm like ninety five percent sure that was Alex Zane. It might have been, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, and then of course they're in IWA Mid South on Friday. Who did the exact opposite of their cut up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, how, how how badly did they get beat up on when they've got to take down the tweet showing their biggest crowd in like five years? Okay, so actually, you're right. It wasn't him. It was Blake Christian. That was it, yeah. And he did that to Myron Reed. So, yeah. My bad. I just know Alexander does flippy shit, too, so I was, I was thinking of him. So, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, that show overall, amazing. IWA Mid South, like I, I was really like genuinely like angry for GCW because like they're doing it correctly, and then IWA Mid South just packed everybody in like sardine cans into a building, and it's like that's the complete opposite of what you're supposed to do. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Why would you do that and potentially ruin GCW show the next day? Like, what the? I'd be so angry, furious. Yeah, well, luckily GCW did it right. Got a great review for the show, a great review for how it was cut up. I mean, outside of like there being no shade, uh yeah. I mean I you're gonna so. run you're gonna run into that Rick when anytime you do an outdoor show though. Yeah, I mean that's true. Like uh last year at Russell Rager, uh there was a little bit of shade, but like I got sunburnt on my head and my shoulders and stuff, so from standing I've done- out there. I've done several outdoor shows kind of like Spanish fe- Spanish Heritage Festival and things like that, where just they've got the street block off the rink in the middle of the street, like there's no shade there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You run that rink anytime you run an outdoor show, but beyond that, yeah, look, yeah, every, I got heard great review for the show. Didn't hear anything negative about the show at golf. No. All right. So this week. We are reviewing Squared Circle Project, Amphi's Dreams. Probably said that wrong. Amethyst, Amethyst, A- Amethyst, I think. A- Amethyst Dreams. Uh, cool, cool name for a show there, Alvarado. Making us <laughs> fucking say it all fucking weird. <laughs> Such a goop. Alright. Show took place on February 29th of this year in Congress, New York, which is about 20 miles south of the Bronx. Yeah, I looked it up. Yeah, it's like uh, this weird warehouse setup. Uh, I actually talked to Bobby Beverly yesterday about it, and he was uh, kind of telling me about like when they got there and like were trying to find it. It was like, and he thought it was like a weird location, but turns out it was like a really cool, uh, like sports complex type thing and it's pretty those i like the presentation uh uh, there was there's things i could see that could be definitely improved um but i 
knowing Alvarado, like I know probably what he wants to do with those to improve them. And I think like he'll get there with it. It was probably just like a time and, and like money constraint, but eventually I think like it'll get to where it'll be exactly what he was thinking. And like, I could see like the idea and like what he was going for without even having to talk to him. Like I just, I, I know enough about him to be like, yeah, I know what he was going for. And it's, it's a cool concept. Um, not a super long card. This is a pretty short card, and uh, they do crown their first ever squared circle champion on this show. And yeah, uh, I actually we'll... looked it up on wrestling data and cage match, thinking, okay, they could kind of be able to like half the card, or whatever. No, they look like they put the whole card too. Yeah, man, it wasn't it wasn't super big. It was uh, a nice, tight, concise card, and uh, there was some stuff that happens. Uh, we'll get to uh, going into the main event and. Uh, Let's let's start from the bottom. What was the opening match? Opening match was Mark Wheeler against Monte Kila. And uh, I told you this off the air. I confessed my love for Monte Kila because uh, it's it stands for it's it's, it's butter in Spanish, and uh, it just reminded me of uh, the South Park character Butters when he was a revolutionary and he was Monte Kila and. Uh, of course, you know, my my last name comes from Butters, so it uh yeah, it just I instantly was like, Oh, I like this guy. This this this, this makes sense. <laughs> you know, for Halloween you need to wear a Lucha Mac and call yourself Charlie Montaquilla. Yes. It'll be it'll be like uh like Excalibur, but on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And we've already got a better job of explaining it for new viewers than the AEW ever had with a caliber wearing a mask. <laughs> so, yeah, Mark Wheeler, Golden Gun, Mark Wheeler. Uh, this match was pretty good uh, from from what I remember of it. Uh, do you have any notes on it? Yeah, this was actually a really fun opener. Uh, go and start, actually starts off with some stalling. Wheeler trying to do a Kira correctly match and Monakia claiming he's being here, but he's doing some clowning around. Kind of playing with the crowd a little bit. Monakia gets an early advantage, which can Lucha move. He finally scuckered, Wheeler finally scuckered him and take take control for several minutes. During Monakia comeback, they go for a destroyer. I don't know if it was actually botched or if they were trying to do something else, but it, like, it ended up being... They didn't end up getting all the way over, and it turned almost like a almost like an actual concept flip, which the uh, announcer did a great job of covering for. Mm-hmm. They did a little bit of a fight on the floor. Wheeler gets back in the ring, starts going for a Kiriko pin, gets from Kiriko near fall. Go for a couplex, Monakia counter get into a stunner, then hit a rolling uh, roaring elbow for a for a two count. Immediately go up top for the Quantan and the pin in about ten minutes. Really fun stuff. Really a really good spot. A guy from the destroyer, everything looked good, everything looked crisp. So yeah, I enjoyed them quite a bit. Yeah, I, uh, it was a good opener and it kind of set the pace for the night. From there, we get a promo from Ari Azteca, who is our dear friend Eric Alvarado, which they no, made no attempt to hide on commentary, by the way, which kind of fucked up. <laughs> Well, they didn't actually call him Eric Alvarado. They called him Ari Alvarado at one point later in the show. But yeah, like, well, really, like really, you can't even like keep the name straight. Yeah, you know. 
And you get that mix of the sh- the shooting reel, and then it just becomes a whole thing. Ras Teca, Alvarado. Regardless, my man Bobby Beverly punched that man in the face. Yeah, it's supposed to be Beverly against Atteca. Atteca got a leg injury, can't compete. Beverly basically came out and accused him of faking the injury because he didn't have to wrestle him, which led to the punch to the face. And then Gabriel Guy makes the cave. And without any real explanation, referee comes into the ring and we immediately get the match between Bobby Beverly and Gabriel Guy. Yeah, and uh, I really enjoy this match. Uh, you know, the Bev is, is one of my faves and this this uh, guy he was facing, of course the name escapes me right now. Gabriel Sky. Gabriel Sky. Uh, my apologies. Uh, that was pretty decent. Uh, younger guy. It was a good match. Yeah, a good back and forth. Pretty even match. It wasn't really. That guy doesn't really get a shine. Beverly doesn't really get any heat on it. It's kind of back and forth for the most part, which is fine. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I do want to say, guy needs a new finisher. So the finisher is a double stop off the top, almost like a mushroom stop. But it took him so long to get this thing. Like, Bobby Beverly is standing there bent over for, like, 15 seconds. Like, is the guy fucking coming or not? Like, if you can't, if you can't time that, if you can't time the finish to where it doesn't look like it's like it contrived, get something different. Now you know what your girlfriend feels like. Motherfucker. Yeah! <laughs> I, have no, I have no comeback for that. Motherfucker. <sighs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, it should not take you that long to get up to the top rope. Now, there may have been an issue with the top rope, very likely. So, you know, it's, that's a 50-50 there. If it was his fault, the top rope's fault. Uh, you know, what? I, I, let's just blame Bobby Beverly. It's his fault. No, you actually do make a good point there. At, at this point, I hadn't noticed anything wrong with the top rope. And, and there was a point earlier in the match where guy going for the same move and Beverly is bent over like that for a while, but he actually gets out of the way. I'm like, oh, okay, that made sense. And then that finish happened. But Right. So yeah, I really enjoyed this match. This is this is one of the reasons I decided to to watch this show. Other than you know, uh, Alvarado is a friend of the show. Um, obviously, Bev is is a friend, so I, I I try to watch his matches and you know give him positive positive feedback. Keep keep him keep him going because. I don't know if I was wrestling, I'd want positive feedback from friends. So, what was next, Jayhawk? Okay, from there we've got Braden Kirk against Atticus Kogar. Oh, the they guy with st- the silver teeth. Yeah, yeah. They start. They start off really fast to start, and then the crowd picks up on the fact that they look kind of kind of alike and start chanting, "He's your brother." And then Kirk put, taking his hair down, and it's like, holy shit, yeah, they do look like fucking brothers. Damn. It's it's like the Spider-Man meme when they're just pointing at each other. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you could t- you could tell us that they heard the chant and went, oh, let's roll with it. Well, it was kind of talked about uh, when the match was announced, too. I remember there being, like, some jokes about that, like, that they look alike, so that's why, like, they were facing each other. So that's kind of fun. 
It was a mirror match. They fight on the floor for a little bit. They get back in the ring. Kirk hit the superplex on Kogar. Here's where I noticed there's a problem with the top rope. Like, I actually wrote down with that superplex. These ropes are loose as fuck. Now, I don't know where, well, what point the, the ring broke and the rope broke, but it was somewhere before that superplex or at that superplex. They do a double down. The pace starts picking up again. They do some cool stuff. There's a ref bump. I think it's go for the cover, but there's no referee. Crowd counted to 13, even though Koger got off at, like, 5. But the crowd just kept counting for some reason. They bring a door in. Kirk actually rolls out of the ring and then underneath the ring to try to avoid the door. Smart move. Kogar, yep. Kirk brings up going, uh, yeah, coming in from the other side of the ring. Throws powder into Koger guy, hit the Death Valley driver through the door for the pin. Only, only about eight minutes. They crammed a lot of action in eight minutes. I enjoyed this one quite a bit as well. Right on. Any other thoughts on that? No, I didn't have a whole lot to say about this one, actually. So. All right. From there, we go into what is announced as our main event. Three-way match with Matthew Justin against Jordan Oliver against Daniel Garcia. I believe that's the first time I've seen Garcia. Of course, Matthew Justin has seen a lot of him. Jordan Oliver had yeah, been in MOW, so we've seen quite a bit of him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all three wrestlers and the referee right at the, right at the top removed the top rope. I don't know if that was done just to do something different or if they just, they just realized you know, the, the rope fucked anyway. Go hell with it. We'll just work around it. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Yeah. Because of that, the in-ring action came off really awkward because they're trying to do shit without the top rope and they're still trying to use the rope for some of their offense. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, I, I appreciate what they were trying to do, but that did bring the match down a little bit for me. Luckily, they seemed to realize that themselves, so most of this match doesn't end up playing out on the floor. At one point, Matthew Justin takes Jordan Oliver over to a woman wearing a Jordan Oliver shirt, who he later found out was Jordan Oliver's mom. Yes. And start telling her, chop him, chop him, chop him, and she won't do it. And as soon as Oliver changes core, there's the chop to Justin. Yes. Yeah, that was a real fun, fun moment. I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was Without a. Without even knowing. Oh, God, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Without even knowing it was Jordan Oliver's mom, I'm watching that going, he's wearing a Jordan Oliver shirt, Justin. Well, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> do you think that do you think that that performance center trainee that's been in the crowd at, at, at the WWE performance center taping wearing an iconic shirt between the iconic? Like, no, that's not how like, what's gonna work. There's a weird burn in there somewhere, I feel like. But <laughs> all right. Matt Doug eventually get back in the ring. Justin hits Garcia with a hot shot into what's now considered the top rope, and that looked thick. Like, that really did look good. For probably the angle you were coming down on. Mm-hmm. Justin actually gets a splash on both opponents, gets two count. And Garcia suplexes Justin on top of Oliver in the corner and, get, and then covered for two. 
They go back out to the floor. Oliver actually tried to dive over the, I keep wanting to say middle rope I to, or top rope, but it doesn't really matter. They dunk a, dunk, dunk, dunk a dive just to actually catch him, hit him with a Death Valley driver on the floor. And then go back in the ring, get the pin on Garcia. In about 14 minutes, really good match. Once they, once they realized, okay, we can't use the rope like we want to use the rope, it, you know, it got really good. Mm-hmm. Post-match, Justice brings in Oliver's mom, handshake Oliver, and Oliver's mom chopped Justice just for the hell of it. And Justice bumped for it, which was great. At this point, we get a, we get a run-in. Because we hear some music, and Myron Reed comes out holding the Square Circle Project championship belt, which at this point has not actually been a thing. There is no champion. How, well, how he's the one carrying the belt out, I don't know if they ever actually explained that. You saw the show. Did they explain it? Not that I can recall. So he probably just found it backstage and brought it out. Yeah. But Reed did say that he came here to rec- came here to wrestle. He's not going to leave here without the belt. And he wants Matthew Justin right now for the championship. And they look out for Otto Rinkside and he's like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. So we have a new main event for the Square Cookle Project Championship. Matthew Justin against Myron Reed. First move of the match is Myron Reed hitting Justin with a Poison Rana. No lockup, no feeling out. Poison Rana right off the bat. First move of the match. On a broken ring. On a broken ring. Justin chops Myron Reed. Myron Reed is wearing the D'Lo Brown chest protector, like a baseball umpire, like a catcher chest protector. And Reed goes to chop anyway. Have you seen Justice's hands, though, compared to, like, guys that Myron Reed normally faces? Myron Reed is like a cruiserweight. Regardless of, that probably works for cruiserweights, but that's not going to work against a heavyweight like Justice, who's got like, massive fucking hands. Like, All right, I will give you some credit. That's actually a great explanation. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy that with that explanation. That's fine. Is it bad that I had to learn how to argue with you by using, like, sort of wrestling logic? (laughs) That's what I want with something like that, though. Uh, Theoretically, you're wearing the chest protector to not get hurt when you get hit in the chest. Personally, to me, I would have never noticed or complained too much about it. When you bring it up to me, I'm instantly like, okay, well, why why would this move work in this situation? Because there's 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 got to be a reason why and like they don't just I mean I I would assume that they don't just do shit to do shit ninety percent of the time maybe they do but I feel like that that can kind of be believed because he did he is a bigger guy he is a stronger guy than what Myron's used to so fifty fifty if that was really the case or if you know it maybe it did uh, block some of the chop and only a little bit of it hurt still hurt him who knows what the uh, maybe he's dealing with an injury and that's why he's wearing it and that still hurts a little bit you know it's just silly stuff like that i could i could find weird logic in it i guess i don't know i'm rambling continue no 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 you're, no you're perfect you're perfectly fine it's that it's that kind of logic that booker used to think about when they were putting things together okay if you're going to do that how does it make sense and you know and 
even if the records and scope are thinking, well, it makes sense in this way, you know, if the announcements don't pick up on it, you lose something. Right. Reed bring a chair into the ring. Both guys wind up using it into their offense. Uh, they they go underneath the ring, and they don't even bring out a full door. They bring out, like, the divider, the sliding door, going only, like, half a door. Yeah. Justin ends up spearing himself into that divider. <laughs> and then Reed ends up going up to, up to the second rope, top rope, however you want to call it. Pick a 450 splash for the win and the title in barely five minutes. Match a good while it lasts. Good given the limitations of the ring. Yeah, broken ring, broken top turnbuckle. Uh, just madness right there. Like that was just, that match could have been a lot longer and I think would have benefited uh, both guys if things weren't that way. But yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked if they had a longer match play in and cut it short because of the limitations of the ring, too. Right. And I mean, that there could always be a rematch down the road, too, because, you know, Justice had just wrestled a match. Uh, before this happened, so he wasn't that, exactly fresh. And that actually played into the post match. Justin got on the mic and said he he could barely beat me when I just wrestled a match, and he was fresh. Go if I'm fresh, I'm going to beat him. So, which is a perfectly logical, comfortable promo. Very good promo. Yep. Overall, I really like this show. Yeah, this was a, a real fun show. I was glad I watched it. Um, kind of reminded me of uh midwest wrestling a little bit there was some flavor there that uh definitely you know had a little story going on with some of the things hopefully when everything goes back to normal in a year or so maybe less uh and they're everybody's regularly running again and alvarado gets to have his surgery and gets his knee repaired uh i can make it out there live for a show and uh get some first-hand account on uh everything so yeah, yeah it, it definitely did remind me of midwest wrestling right down to the building they were in too remember though that first midwest show was in that sport complex very similar to that actually like the three main shows were at that sports complex and then there was some secret shows on the side right so yeah it was uh it was good stuff uh i would definitely give this a watch if you're you're interested. We were originally going to do the second show, which uh, had a main event of Chris Dickinson against Homicide, and uh, I definitely recommend checking that show out as well. Um, but yeah, thumbs up for me. A thumbs up for me as well. What I love about the what, what I love about the service, man. We watched a couple of shows that was kind of like yeah on, but we found we found last couple of weeks we've watched some really good stuff though. And you I can just, find. <laughs> I I just finished putting together uh, August and September. I'm gonna send them to you later, but uh, I think I got us a good uh, mix um, of of content for the next couple months. Like July is already set. You can find that on our Twitter. And uh, I'll give you that information at the end of the show as far as uh, where, where you can find our Twitter at. But I definitely, uh, I'm excited to see uh, your reaction to August and September. So, Okay, well, I'm, uh, 
I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit worried about the, about our, our show next week here. Next week, we're going to be covering something from IWA Mid-South. <laughs> and I pray to God you find something that's not five fucking hours. Well, how about this? How about I let you find something that's not five hours? That means I have to try to figure out which of these shows can have a good match lineup and might be under five hours. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the work in your hands and see what you come up with. That way, hopefully, you find something that isn't that long. I mean, they have a lot of recent stuff. I mean, they we don't have to watch a classic show. We could watch something from the last year or two. Just saying. Maybe something with Mance Warner in it. I'll poke around. Okay. We're, we're not we're not going to watch one of their deathmatch tournaments, though, but those they like, no, do run, like, no. five fucking hours. Yes, or, or you know, the Ted Petties. Uh, I do want to give a special thanks to independentwrestling.tv. Uh, we haven't done this on the other episodes, uh, the other six episodes, but I, I do want to give them a special shout-out because uh, they do follow us. They do retweet our uh our podcast uh, when we post new shows and we very much appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. We do, we do this for fun. We did not get in touch with IWTV about doing it. Cause something we wanted to do for fun. Uh, we do appreciate that they have, that they appreciate the free advertising and that they are willing to support it. So. All right, let's get through our podcast friends and then uh, we'll get to your plugs, Jayhawk. Uh, so, Check out our other podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, The Spotlight Series, and It's Evolution, baby. Check out our other non-podcast friends, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, and Pollyanna DIY. And what are your plugs this week, Jayhawk? Okay, I have been working uh, through Twitch with uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World. Going through the WWF 1984 and on. I actually just uh, streamed last night, the February 11th, 1984 edition of WWF Championship Wrestling. And put that up on my personal YouTube channel earlier today. I follow the live stream on Twitch at TFMJHawk. Yeah, and do a search for my name, Jared Hawkins, on Facebook if you want to catch the archive of those. Uh, also, this coming Thursday, I will be a guest on the Bearded Bastard podcast. 9.30 to 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Catch that at redlineradioloki.com, the Redline Radio app, or directly through the Redline Radio Facebook page to do uh, Cameron in Studio Live. You can check me out there. Follow me on Twitter, at PWCritique. Follow me on Facebook and on the Instagram, when I, on the rare time I do go on it, at Jayhawk1539. And you can find me at, on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters. And you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. And that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, stay safe. Love each other. Peace.
Get the door, it's a pizza guy. Ooh, you got any money on this one? Yeah, here's a five. What up, man? Give me that shit. Keep the change. Get out of here. Yo, hurry, bring that shit over Yo, here. What'd you, you put on you, it? You the good pumped? stuff? I got the best stuff, man. Feast your eyes. Dude, are you fucking kidding me? Pineapple on the whole fucking pizza? Uh, yeah. Are you shitting me? No. Fucking pineapple! Dude, chill, you can peel off the pineapple. <laughs> 